Hello. Today's episode of Future of the Fairway is brought to you by American Classic Golf Club, home of the first world fling golf tournament. Here at American Classic, we like to do things a bit differently. We offer nine holes instead of 18. We like to deck out our golf carts and American flags, and we make sure to put the biggest emphasis on having fun. If you're ever visiting the Lewis or Rehoboth Beach areas or anywhere near Lower Delaware, please give us a call today to book your fling golf tea time. You can do so by giving us a call at 302-703-6662 or visiting us at AmericanClassicGolf.com for more information. We look forward to having you. We hope to see you soon. And do not forget, you got to aim high to let it fly. Yeah, it was good. It was a it was a really good experience. And I look at all the sports that I've played my whole life, uh, really being able to help me achieve that. You know, because a lot of golfers, it's difficult for them to break 100 and they mm-hmm. play, you know, for decades. They're not leaving divots. They're not all over the place. A lot of these guys walk. It's not It's not really doing damage to your course. They play relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. And just like regular golf, if they have to, you know, somebody's behind them and play and let them play through, they will. So it's, yeah. it's not mm-hmm. holding up anybody. Welcome back to the Future of the Fairway podcast with your host, Adam Copeland. Thanks again for tuning in this week. And thank you so much for sharing this podcast uh, as you've done. Um, As you may have seen uh, this past week, we had some really exciting um, news come out uh, from Spotify with uh, Spotify Wrapped. And uh, Future of the Fairway podcast is a top 25% most shared podcasts globally, uh, which I am thrilled uh, and mostly thrilled because that is a reflection of you, the great listeners uh, to this podcast. Um, another great, a uh, couple of stats that came out that um, that I've picked up as well is that um, 56% of the listeners are following this podcast, which puts it in the top 30% of most followed podcasts, which is really cool. Um, and there was more content created uh, on Future of the Fairway podcast than 61% of other sports podcasts um, this past year. So uh, really cool start. Um, we, uh, we had a great front nine. We are on episode 15, uh, so we're closing out the back nine for this calendar year. And uh, I'm really excited to share my interview with Joe Girard uh, today. Uh, Joe is a... Uh, a golf instructor uh, based in Florida. He's a fling golf ambassador. Uh, he is a great person to talk to and is doing some really cool things for the sport of golf and for the sport of fling golf. Um, really, really had a, such a fun time talking with Joe. And I think that you're going to learn a lot um, from this interview with him. Uh, you're going to want to go and follow him on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter uh, and get his tips and, and also probably try to find your way down to Florida to play a round of fling golf with him. It's, uh, it's really a lot of fun to, um, uh, to have gotten to meet uh, Joe and sp- speak with him. So without further ado, here is episode 15 with Joe Girard. All right. Uh, I am very excited to have uh, Joe Girard. Is that how you yes. pronounce your last name? Joe, thank you for joining uh, the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, we've got a bit of a, a cold weather starting to come through as uh, we're recording this uh, December one. So we were below freezing here in Virginia. Uh, I oh, believe you're down fun. in Florida, right? Yes, I'm in Florida and it's been <laughs> 80s and pretty humid lately. But we're supposed <laughs> to have a little bit of a cold spell coming in. So we'll probably be like 78. So 78. No humidity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, what a what a great place to be to uh, be able to get out on the golf course. Uh, most any time of year, right? Ah, all year round. That's great. Uh, what part of Florida are you in? I'm in West Palm. Okay. Okay. Very nice. Um, have you uh, 
Have you been in? How long have you been in Florida? I, I know. I believe. Um, I think it's York. going on six or seven years. Yeah, okay. I'm originally from New York. I lived in Georgia for a bit before I came down here. Uh, love New York. I miss it. Just couldn't do the weather. Just couldn't do that <laughs> below freezing and snow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's it's been a, a a very good change to be down here. Cool. And uh, do you mind asking what part of Georgia were you in? Uh, right outside Atlanta. Okay. I was in the right. suburbs of Atlanta. Okay. I grew up in Alabama uh, in the Northwest okay. corner. So uh, Atlanta was the um, biggest city with uh, pro sports teams uh, when I was growing mm-hmm. up. So uh, we, um, I grew up with the um, uh, worst of first Braves uh, in the early nineties. Um, <laughs> I've got, I, from a baseball perspective, uh, I appreciate the, uh, the history with the Yankees and know that it's kind right. of hard to be a baseball fan without having any kind of feeling one way or another towards the Yankees. But uh, that 96 team still just uh, crushes my spirits. Uh, Jim Laird yeah. uh, yeah. is uh, persona non grata <laughs> in my book. <laughs> and uh, Derek Jeter has all the fame that uh, is, would rightly belongs to Chipper Jones in, in my book. Uh, okay, okay. He's, uh, Jeter has been a great ambassador for the sport and a great player. Um, so growing up in New York, we we really don't do college teams. So like college right. football and all that is just kind of beyond me. So moving to Atlanta was interesting uh, to oh, say yeah. the least. And I'm looking around like uh, we have two pro everything <laughs> in New York <laughs> right. and we really don't do college. So like the Bama games and the road tide and all this was That's beyond right. me for years. <laughs> it was. So I'm, uh, I mentioned on the podcast that um, uh, I moved back to the States from Brazil when I was seven and okay. um and got asked um in second grade like who are you for and that was it it's like <laughs> well, what do you mean who am i for it's like well alabama or auburn like they're what you didn't even put in the the choices because it was obvious right. what that right, was. right. That um, funny. yeah the the southeast for sure is um uh definitely I, you could make a good argument that those some of those collegiate athletic departments are very much like professional ones oh without a doubt <laughs> without a doubt Cool. So, um, love having you on. I, I don't know if folks have, um, on the pod, um, the listeners who've seen this are aware, but um, Alex um, from New Swarm has posted um, a snippet of a video that you've been featured in um, that I think has been making its way around some PBS stations uh, the past several yeah. months. Um, uh, but you, one of the things that you do is work with First Tee. Um, yes, I am and, a First Tee like, coach. Mm-hmm. Can you t- tell me a little bit about how you got into that. Um, I started with the first tee, oh, when I was in Atlanta. So I want to say 2014, 2015-ish, mm-hmm. um, which was uh, a really good experience, and it has been this whole time. Um, dealing with kids that are – I kind of focused on the younger kids when I first got in, and that seven to nine range, uh, just working with them – teaching them the game of golf, but really kind of life skills. Our mm-hmm. life skills experience at the first tee is what we focus on. We just deliver it through the game of golf. So the kids learn to be respectful. They learn sportsmanship. Um, they really just learn a lot to be, you know, a better person. Mm-hmm. And sports just kind of help along that way, deliver That's, that message. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I've um, uh, reached out to the first tee folks here in Harrisonburg. Um as we were getting ready for the uh, Virginia Fling Golf Open and mm-hmm. looking to do some things with them uh, in the coming year, um, partly okay. based on uh, what I've seen seen you do, because uh, it's uh, I really like the approach uh, that you were uh, describing to me about uh, using fling golf uh, as an on ramp uh, for golf, yeah. particularly for younger kids. Yeah, it's definitely um, a good way for them to show some success early on because like I was when you and I were talking Mm -hmm. um, to put a golf club in anyone's hand and get them out on a golf course even play one hole within an hour is absolutely impossible Mm -hmm. Um, but with a fling stick I could take anybody of any age within 15-30 minutes uh, get them to used to the basics get them on course teach them some of the basic rules of of golf who goes first who goes second and that and Mm -hmm. you know count all your strokes and go from tee box to green into hall in 30 minutes to an hour and mm. show some success within, you know, 30 minutes or an hour. And that is uh, tremendous, especially for younger players who might not have played a lot of other sports, um, mm-hmm. might not even be competitive. They don't find it boring. 
because uh, as I tell you know all the kids that they've been throwing stuff their whole life. I'm like, you started <laughs> out throwing your your bobo and your bottle when you was an infant sitting in the chair, so you do know how to throw. Uh, so the motion with a fling stick isn't really that difficult for them to grasp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And, and when did uh, when did that start? When uh, did you come across fling golf and the fling sticks? I I came across fling golf right before COVID. Okay. <laughs> so like okay. when I say right before, it was the PGA show that January here in oh, Florida, wow. and then that so that was 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then COVID hit oh, <laughs> in March. <laughs> So yeah, that slowed us down quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. So but the um, one thing, well, the one thing with golf was somewhat good when we came back. Um, somewhat came back from right. the lockdown. Golf was really kind of the only sport that um, most kids could play because everything mm-hmm. else was, you mm-hmm. know, two team, you know, oriented right. and sharing, touching on top of people or whatever it is. So uh, wrestling, uh, karate. Mm-hmm. Um, baseball, football, all those sports as kids just weren't able to do. So it was like, okay, they come into golf now. So I'm like, well, playing golf is a great way to kind of introduce them to golf and, you know, kind of figure out what that path is. Mm-hmm. So I do have quite a few kids that have been playing um, traditional golf and playing golf now since for the last year and a half, two years. Okay, cool. And how was, uh, how was that reception? Um, do you have, um, some, I guess, flexibility to, to kind of implement that as you see fit. I mean, uh, based on where uh, you do first tee, was the, the course uh, hesitant around that? Did you have to do any um, selling to them to say, hey, well, let's work this in? Um, no, not really. I am with um, first tee here in West Palm. We have a, actually a little nine hole um, kind of pitch putt course which okay longest the longest hole is maybe about 130 yards mm-hmm. everything else is roughly 70 i'd say 70 80 on average so mm-hmm. incorporating that into my teaching and my classes was relatively easy so mm-hmm. when i have a junior that may have only been playing golf for a few months or even a year or so but they're in that seven to nine range age range um to give them a a, a golf club and a ball to tee off on a hole that's 100 yards uh, it takes them a while to get there. Yeah, uh, yeah. But with the fling stick, I had a few kids that, you know, after one or two classes, uh, they were on in two or close oh, to wow. the green in two. You know, then putting is a bit of a struggle. So what yeah. I did was kind of incorporate, um, we would do two clubs. So you would take your fling stick mm-hmm. and a putter. So once they're on the green, then they can, you know, use a traditional putter. Um, so it's, you know, maybe they'll score a five or six on the hole versus, oh, nice. you know, a seven, eight, nine, ten. And, and know, being all over the place, right? And putt, right. And be all over the place, <laughs> you know, where everyone's ducking, yell four, you know, safety. <laughs> um, so that's been good. That that's that's been really good to kind of. And, and the other thing for me, it's it's been good teaching them the rules of golf. As I said, mm-hmm. who goes first? Uh, this is the tee box. This is the fairway. This is the green. So I can teach them the rules with fling stick at a faster pace and they mm-hmm. completely understand it. So once they get to a point where I can give them a regular set of clubs and a ball and go out and play, at least they know the rules. Mm-hmm. It might still take a while to get from T to hole, but <laughs> right. Um, you know, they do show some success pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Have you had any that have uh, been hesitant to transition over to traditional clubs? So, you know what? I'm, I'm good with a fling stick. Um, yes, actually. Uh, and it's funny because, uh, like I said, a lot of kids don't play a lot of sports um, mm-hmm. growing up. Uh, being from New York, uh, growing up in the, the 70s as a child, we played everything and anything and created our own games and our own sports. Right. Kids nowadays, it's Fortnite, it's Roblox, they're on the computer. They don't really mm-hmm. get out and engage and play a lot of different sports. So that is... Um, been interesting because the hand-eye coordination and a lot of mm. things just isn't there so sure <laughs> it's just something that we have to work on so with the fling stick i do have some that tend to gravitate more towards fling versus golf golf mm. is a hard sport yeah it, it it's just it's inherently hard um, you have to put a lot of time and a lot of practice into it and as you're developing those fine motor skills, uh, it can be a bit challenging, really at any age. 
mm -hmm. uh, but especially the younger. So fling, give them a stick. I actually don't let them run with golf clubs in their hand, but I will let them trot a little bit with a fling <laughs> stick. So it's a much faster pace and they actually enjoy that. Yeah. So I do have some that have stuck with fling and mm -hmm. they will play with traditional golf from time to time. Um, and I do have kids that will actually do both. So we'll go out and we'll play nine holes on our course at, at um, first tee. They'll start out with maybe fling for three holes. Then they'll play traditional golf for three holes and back to fling or I'll let them choose which they want to do. So we do a little how bit cool. of a hybrid. How cool. Um, how about you? What was it that uh, they got you into golf? Uh, you mentioned playing a lot of stuff growing up. Uh, yeah, I. it's interesting. I didn't play golf um, growing up in New York. I've always... Mm -hmm. You know, said I was going to, um, just life gets in the way, uh, mm -hmm. work. Uh, I'd go to golf courses with buddies and different events and just kind of hang out in the golf cart. And it's yeah. not, you know, <laughs> picked up the sport. And when I got to Atlanta, I had some time on my hands and I was like, you know what? I've been putting this off for decades. I was mm -hmm. in my 40s and I said, I'm going to play golf. So I remember I bought um, a... I think it was top flight. That was my first set. So okay. I ordered on Amazon. It came in. I was all excited. <laughs> so I'm in Atlanta. I took uh get golf ready, like a five lesson package. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did that and I was hooked. I, I've, I've been hooked ever since. I don't play golf as much as I used to. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, fling golf, if I, if you do see me out on a course, you'll see me with fling stick. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. So what was it uh, besides the weather that uh, was work involved at all in, in you uh, relocating uh, out of New York? Um, I just ha had some family down here. Um, just weather was was probably the main thing. Uh, just, you know, you hit your 40s and driving to work and you got a shovel. You're looking at that snow like, yeah, not today. <laughs> um, so I was in Atlanta and I remember that first March. So when I took my first um, golf lesson I was actually in shorts it was oh, I want to wow. say maybe like March 18th yeah and I was like yep. I can't do this in New York <laughs> no, <you can't. laughs> I was like wow this is kind of cool um, but as time went on uh, Atlanta's weather is really interesting mm -hmm. I remember there's mornings that we teed off eight o'clock eight thirty in the morning and there was snow flurries and by the time we finished uh it was like 65 degrees and then you're back oh, in wow. shorts and t-shirts so uh, -huh, uh, -huh. uh it was it took me a while to kind of get used to that but um and being here in florida uh we we pretty much call all year round mm -hmm. it's really you know no stopping yeah yeah that's cool so uh what uh what were you able to track your handicap uh did you get get to be a pretty good golfer um, yeah, I was, I was about a 10 at one point. Okay. Um, relatively quick because I, I played often mm -hmm. and my, remember my first year, my pro, um, basically challenged me. He was mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm playing golf for a bit. And I was also working in the pro shop and he said, okay, so what do you, where do you want to be at the end of the year? I said, I don't know, a 10 handicap. And he says, you just started. There's no way. <laughs> and I look at him like, no way. During the summer, I played like three or four rounds a day sometimes. And I'm just like, <laughs> dude, I, I've been an athlete like my whole life. Uh -huh. I'm like, I've played every sport. <laughs> and I looked at him, I was like, okay, so you've been playing golf since, you know, you were a kid, but what other sports have you played? He yeah. goes, but I'm, I'm PGA pro. I'm like, yeah, okay. I said, I'll be a 10. <laughs> I'll be a 10 by the end of the year. So I remember the end of that first year. Um, it actually took me uh, about a month and a half from the time I picked up a club to score in the 90s so i broke 100 within wow. about a month wow. and a half two months yeah. so at the end of the year i remember he came up to me me and my buddy was playing and uh he caught us at the turn and he pulls up he says what's your handicap i said oh i don't know like a 9.7 <laughs> he's like no and he turned around <laughs> and looked at keith and he was like is he he says yeah so we were just making a turn he goes well where are you right now i said i'm two over he goes, okay. <laughs> and then, and then we, we went out to play like um, maybe about a week later. And he's like, you've gotten good. I said, well, I had a good, I had a good teacher. And I just kind of uh -huh. looked at him. He was like, yeah, yeah I didn't teach you that much. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was good. It was a, it was a really good experience. And I look at all the sports that I played my whole life, um, really being able to, help me achieve that 
you know, because a lot of golfers, it's difficult for them to break a hundred and they mm -hmm. play, you know, for decades. Um, the average golfer, you know, breaking a hundred is not, it, it, that percentage isn't as high as, uh, as low as most people actually think it is. It's, yeah. it's actually much higher, to, yeah. especially to do it consistently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we will be right back after this message from our sponsor. This episode of Future of the Fairway podcast is sponsored by Yada Golf. Yada Golf and Fling Golf are a perfect pair. Both value inclusion, encouragement, passion, and being your whole self. Yada Golf has the best line of men's and women's golf shirts you'll find out there. I love the feel and texture of my polos, as well as their eye-catching designs. I'm currently rotating through Vintage King, Light Wave, and Fresh Flavors. And my favorite is whichever one I'm wearing that day. They've got premium polos for those who want to stand out on the golf course, and premium polos for those who want to keep a lower profile. Yada Golf. Master the shirt game, conquer the short game. And now back to the future of the Fairway podcast. So when you came across uh, Fling Golf and saw that, and was it a media association? Like, I can do this with my uh, with the the juniors, or was it also like, well, this looks like fun and uh, another another dimension to uh, having fun on the golf course? Oh yeah, so uh, not just for juniors, but also for adults, especially those twenty and thirty somethings. Golf courses <laughs> struggle <laughs> with getting the younger golfers out on course and play so if you, if you have something else um that can attract them and keep them um fling golf is really that that kind of that thing mm -hmm. and i was surprised now lacrosse is big up in the northeast i right. didn't think it was really that big down here uh, in florida but there's quite a few obviously northerners are down here and they mm -hmm. play lacrosse so when i would take the stick out or i'd have it in my bag i'd have guys come over and be like is that a lacrosse stick? I'm like, <laughs> no, but close. They're like, well, what is it? So I take it out, create a little bit, throw the ball, mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, that's just lacrosse. And there's and guys down here actually play high line. And I'm like, dude, you oh, know okay, high yeah. line? They're like, yeah, it's just like high line. So I'm like, okay, yes, yeah, like high line, lacrosse, and kind of like hockey. Yes. And yeah, golf. Yeah. So they're like, oh, cool. So it's it's interesting to see how people perceive the stick when they first see it. Mm -hmm. um, based on some other experiences they had. So those 20 or 30-somethings that may have played lacrosse or, you know, highlight or just interested in something that's not so traditional. And these mm -hmm. are the guys that go out and they shoot 110, 115 religiously for right. traditional ball. Give them a playing stick and let them play a few holes. And they're like, dude, I didn't lose a ball. I'm like, exactly. Right, <laughs> right. And they didn't have to go looking for a ball, spending, you know, three minutes on every hole because the ball's in the woods, maybe it's right. in the water. So that's um, that's been a really, really good positive thing. And making that tr transition to traditional golf makes it a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I found that. I thought one of the um, – I'm not sure if it was you or one of the other um, guys on the video I saw, but it was – not only fling golf is introduction to traditional golf, which is, I think, great getting people out on the course, getting outside and doing something, but it was right. the re retention aspect. Uh, oh, yeah. If you do something and you enjoy it, you're going to come back right. and do it again. Right. Um, my my family and I have, and probably me more so than everybody else, but have definitely felt that with fling golf. Um, we hadn't been on any of the golf courses in our area. Um, mm -hmm. And in May of 21, saw it on uh as an option on one of the resorts uh, near here and well let's go try that we haven't we've done a whole bunch of other stuff during the pandemic but uh, other than right. hiking uh, at different parks we haven't gotten out and done other things and um and then all of a sudden there's all these options around us once we have a mm -hmm. fling stick it's like we can go to any course we want to uh, right and really haven't had much uh, much pushback yeah, there, there are some courses that it's like, well, what is that? You're going to hold our guys up, you know? And right, right. You, you guys are going to be slow. And what is that? And then they're like, okay, go out, play nine holes. And then they realize, oh, you guys really weren't that slow. Mm -hmm. uh, but then some, sometimes you get guys, uh, pros will be like, oh, well, you were a distraction because the foursome kept wanting to know what you guys are doing. And, <laughs> right. You know, we got a couple calls into the pro shop that, you know, <laughs> you guys are doing something funny. So, you know, it's 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 kind of, that's the whole gamut, just trying to figure out what your place is. Um, I do suggest 
uh, for someone that's new to fling or experienced and they want to go out to a golf course, take the fling stick in, go speak to someone in the pro shop, show them what it is, show them a short video, show them a short video. Mm -hmm. You're not holding anybody up. You're not taking divots. Uh, you're not, ball's not getting lost in the woods, you know, 30 yards off, offline. Um, and, you know, you play golf, you know, the rules it's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's a new tool, but it's basically the same rules that we, we, we play. There's only a few rules that are slightly different, but it's, it's really the same sport, mm -hmm. just using different equipment. Um, so with that said, that's really, I think the best way to go into a course that might not have any exposure to playing golf at all. Mm -hmm. and if you get paired up with somebody you get paired up with somebody and it's you know a kind of whole different dialogue now some of the yeah. older guys 60 and 70 they're just you know they're boohooing and they're like oh <laughs> i got one guy i played um almost a little over a year ago i only played a few holes uh one of the local courses and the guy's probably in his 60s late 60s early 70s i played a few holes and the whole time he's saying that's not fair that's not fair i'm like what do you mean it's not fair <laughs> He says, you throw it as far as I do, and you're in the fairway. I'm like, well, you're in the fairway, too. That's not fair. That's not fair. So it was kind of funny. But he says, you know what? My grandson plays lacrosse, and I mm -hmm. think he would love this because I can't get him out on course exactly. with regular golf clubs. But this, he'd come out, and he beat me. So that's the one thing that would make him happy, and I could probably get him out on course every time he visits. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was kind of cool. I thought that yeah. was kind of cool. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of um, – where I've seen uh, – success with um resorts uh versus uh, other types of courses uh, where you've got mm -hmm. a captive audience and you've got families that are going to be there it's right offering an option for everybody um not just what the one person who plays golf and everybody else has to go do something else this is a way to to do that with you know grandparents and grandkids uh moms and dads and kids things like that right firmly agree with that yeah yeah um for um for for you and, and playing fling, uh, do you have a better handicap uh, with the fling stick than you do with uh, that? Have you and I, I would the follow up to that would be how have you found putting? Um. <laughs> putting putting is still a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mix it up. Uh, mm -hmm. Almost every hole is something different. You know, it's just like I haven't found the one style that encompasses everything. It's like that mm -hmm. go to. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, um, I'm left-handed by nature. So I'm a okay. lefty. Everyone calls mm -hmm. me Coach Lefty. So if you go online and pull up Coach Lefty Golf, that's me. I'm lefty. But with that said, I actually fling right-handed. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of things right-handed as well. So one of the things playing golf is um, with my juniors, early on, I would challenge them all the time. And I would challenge them, whether it's putting, chipping, pitching, it would be left-handed. So they would handicap me. So they would tell me to do it right-handed. Mm -hmm. So after, you know, almost 10 years of instruction with juniors, I've gotten pretty good right-handed. Okay. And it's yeah. funny because now if you give me a traditional putter, I tend to grab it and putt right-handed before I even consider going left-handed. Because oh, okay. I do it so often. So now they're upset and they're like, well, right-handed, <laughs> standing on one leg, <laughs> eyes closed you got to hit behind you on a downhill in the middle of a hurricane it's like seriously um <laughs> so with fling golf i tend to fling right-handed mm -hmm. and i sometimes putt either left-handed or right-handed it's okay. just kind of however how whatever i feel so whether it's a push um a strike mm -hmm. uh sidecar is just kind of whatever i feel for that type of shot in any given moment so that makes it a little bit more challenging because I'm not sticking just to one thing all the time. And I yeah. don't practice putting as much as I, I really probably should, just like a traditional golf. Sure, right. Um, but it is it is it is something I can go out and uh I once I taught the kids what a Reggie is, yeah, and yeah, yeah, once that their whole world changed because like <laughs> right. that's their, their big thing is to get on in in, in regulation, get that Reggie. Mm -hmm. and they're like, mm -hmm. you know, if it's a par three, they're like, I'm on, it's that's a Reggie, I'm gonna make this putt. I'm like, okay, it's a hole in one. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of kind of funny to watch, but um. Yeah, I, I just, you know, whatever kind of feels right as far as left-handed or right-handed. But for me, right-handed has been uh, a little bit more consistent mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and it's more comfortable. But again, sometimes I will fling left-handed. It'll just kind of depend. 
Yeah. Uh, when you played baseball uh, growing up, which you were switch hitter. Mm-hmm. So you've mm-hmm. got that. Um, how, how has, um, has your golf swing been impacted by the fact that you're also fleeing at times or has that been? No, actually had it's, enough it's, time? it's, it's actually a better swing mm. lefty mm-hmm. with um, since I've been playing, playing, playing. I don't know if it's because it's, it's slowed me down a little bit. Um, my focus has changed. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Also maybe that I am a little bit more cognizant of how my body moves. I think okay. is, is mm-hmm. part of it because with the fling you really do have to kind of think where your release is and the form. So mm-hmm. I think that is translated a little bit to my golf game as oh, well. Cool. So that's been a, that's been a, a good thing. Mm-hmm. When I do when I do pick up a regular golf club. Right, right. Not often. <laughs> so um I, I'm guessing you've seen that there's been a couple of tournaments uh this past year. There's yes. a, a handful of tournaments that are looking to uh uh, to get in place for next year, um, have you have you watched that? I'm I'm guessing you've got a bit of a competitive spirit. Um, uh, any any interest in joining uh, and participating in some of those? Yeah, um, I am looking into that. We are. I I'm actually looking to host one or maybe two tournaments down here mm. uh, in Florida next year. So we're just kind of figuring out maybe one late spring and maybe one in the fall. So I'm talking to uh, Alex about that uh that i think would be kind of good for our kids but i just think Mm -hmm. overall just for the sport there are a number of local lacrosse leagues that i've been talking to to get some of their um, juniors uh involved with fling and we can kind of piggyback off of that going into uh 2023 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's great we uh uh, i know that there's a you know, a lot of talk and excitement about uh, the player rankings that have come out, uh, the tournaments that are coming up. Um, but but looking at this as a sport that's growing and hopefully can develop into something with, uh, I don't know, with the following, with the engagement that something like pickleball has kind of had in the past few years um, as yeah. kind of a, an alter, alternate sport. Um, I think a lot of that is going to happen if there's current, you know, 10 to 20 year olds. Yes. Get into to fling off right now and, right. you know, grow up with it, come up with who knows what, but, you know, they'll be the ones throwing 250, I don't know, 300, but like, you know, just, uh, that's beast. <laughs> that would be, you know, you, you combine that with folks who have maybe a golf background and, you know, have the touch on the green, uh, right. with putting, uh, that could, that could be really exciting to see, um, what could happen. I, I'd love, I, I've been talking with a, a few different guys and, you know, we'd love to get all kinds of different ideas out there. Um, I'd love to see a pro-am type event where you, you pair a, a traditional golfer with a, a fling golfer, you know, uh, maybe one of these celebrity tournaments. Uh, Steph Curry has his uh, golf clubs and Charles Barkley has a fling stick or, you know. No, think, that would be awesome. I think Barkley uh, would would very much uh, benefit from a fling stick. I don't know how his swing uh, has progressed, but um, he seems like uh, – the demographic. I don't know if his back could hold up for that, but um, you know, it, it'd his, be fun to see swing, something like that. His swing has gotten somewhat better. I've seen some video of him um, this past year that is yeah, a, yeah. a vast improvement. But it, yeah, I, I I agree with that. So I do have some matches um, that we have at the first tee where I call it the Tri Sport Challenge. Okay. So I will have, and I've done this with adult junior as well. Okay. So again, three holes playing fling, three holes playing traditional golf, and three holes playing um, foot golf with you know soccer. Oh, ball okay. Yeah. And mix it up. Uh, we did have um, a little bit of a tournament around Halloween that was uh, kind of bring a friend, and again, one person uses a fling stick and the other uses traditional golf. So mm-hmm. we're mixing it up a little bit, just trying to get a feel. But I would love to be able to do some type of, you know, um, pro-am, some type of challenge, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just even at, at all of our tournaments, if they just played one hole that way or something along those lines. So you get a traditional, you know, of the, the pro at the golf course that's hosting to come out and, you know, play. Yeah, that would be yeah, definitely kind of cool. And basically just start it from there because once you start from that level, you, you it's easy to kind of grow it to, you know, celebrities 
Uh, mm-hmm. You know, some of our tournaments, if it's like a, a major championship, if we have like a year-end championship, uh, mm-hmm. you could definitely do some type of celebrity uh, pro-am type. You know, even if it's just three holes, four holes, whatever it oh, is, yeah, just yeah. for them to get them out. So that yeah. exposure is really good. I think that will really grow the game and grow how fun and accessible fling golf is for mm-hmm. all ages and for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you're in a good location in the country um, to have, you know, theoretically access to celebrities compared to a place like the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia, where I am, like right. people, people are not going to, um, uh, to go camp out in uh, huge places in the Shenandoah Valley, like they are at Miami beach. True. True. <laughs> we do have a lot of events down here uh, throughout the year, especially mm-hmm. during what we have in season, which is our winter. So mm-hmm. that would be kind of easy to, to launch off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. That's exciting. Um, yeah. Um, in thinking about uh, fling golf going forward, we, we've bad about some of the ideas. What are some other things that you would uh, be interested to see developing or what do you, what kind of ceiling do you think uh, fling golf has? Um, to see the growth, I really do see trying to get into schools more. Um, mm-hmm. I've been working with uh, a few schools on trying to figure out an after school program that is part traditional golf and fling. Mm-hmm. Uh, being with the first team, we do have after school programs. I also was doing boys and girls after school programs uh, mm-hmm. that's affiliated through first team. We've changed how our coaches um, deliver our first team classes with boys and girls. So I haven't really been doing much of that lately. But we are looking to do some things going into 2023 with some schools that will have an after school that have the after school programs. And I do feel that incorporating fling probably is the so let's say I have a six week program. The first two weeks may be just fling period and maybe putting. Okay. And then gradually bring in chipping and maybe some pitching with traditional golf clubs just for them to get, again, just that feel of success. And it's not boring for them. Automatically, Mm -hmm. they have a fling stick and that whole movement of just throwing with the the fling stick is easy for them to understand. And I think that would be um, a good way for us to start moving it forward. Because like you said, once you have those 20 or 30 year olds, you know, actively playing in in different tournaments, but you really want to kind of grow them from seven, eight, nine, 10, Mm -hmm. elementary school, you know, junior high school. Um, but it is definitely a challenge because it's something new. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like I'd have to really do probably an orientation for the parents, right? the school and the kids. So just trying to figure that out. I, I do have some schools. It's like, well, we. I wish we did a field day in the beginning of the year or middle of the year because then this would launch off. But there are most of these schools their field days you know towards the end of the year right right um so i'm just trying to figure out really what's the best way uh i say the best age to probably get the juniors involved would be that nine to ten year old age Mm -hmm. because they're kind of already figured out their bodies a little bit and they Mm -hmm. have some coordination and actually some strength uh Versus like the seven and eight year olds that I deal with often, it just takes them a little longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. To them, it's just a game game. So like they just want to throw it as far as they can and just run after it. Right. Which right. is great. Which is great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they do have that retention. But as long as I can keep them involved, then I say once they get to like nine and ten, then we can work on, mm-hmm. you know, the, the finer skills of the game. But at nine, ten years old, you know, just hitting in, getting into middle school is a is a real good age i think to mm. really get them engrossed in the sport and yeah. it, i think it'd be easy to grow it from there as far as the ceiling goes it's just a struggle with traditional golf course mm. you know especially mm. especially here in florida um getting out on course to play in the winter our season you know they're going to charge 60 70 80 90 mm. 120 dollars to play so you look at a guy who's got a fling stick and it's like, uh, yeah, it's $90. <laughs> and right. it's like, uh, okay. And then 
it gets dark here at 5.30. So even if you went out, you know, twilight or it's not even super twilight anymore, but just the twilight, right. you're still paying, you know, 20, 30, sometimes $40 to go out and try to play even nine holes is somewhat a cha challenge at some of these courses. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the courses you just can't even get on. So that is the one downside. Um, I, I just think getting out to golf courses, doing some clinics, Mm -hmm. uh, during the season, once you get into summer months and spring months, it's a lot easier. A lot of the snowbirds are going back up north. Mm -hmm. The rates do drop. It's just trying to get the courses to say, hey, they're not leaving divots. They're not all over the place. A lot of these guys walk. It's not It's not really doing damage to your course. They play relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. And just like regular golf, they have to, you know, somebody's behind them and play them, let them play through, they will. So it's, yeah. it's not mm -hmm. holding up anybody. Uh, but can we have a rate that is mm -hmm. kind of conducive to it? So even if they've given them a walking rate, a lot of these courses still nine hole walking rate during the season is still, you know, 40 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which is, yeah. you know, kind of difficult to, to swallow when you're like, dude, I'll, I'm, I'm done in like an hour. <laughs> an right. Hour, exactly. Minutes. Exactly. I'm yeah. getting Reggie's all day. Can <laughs> you give, charge me 20 maybe? Yeah. And we will be right back after this message from our sponsor. The Future of the Fairway podcast is sponsored by Mission Belt. Mission Belt is a belt company that donates a dollar from each belt sold to fight hunger and poverty through micro lending. The belts are designed to fit perfectly without any holes so that you can tighten them to your exact liking. And let me tell you, they're incredible. I bought my first Mission Belt several months ago and it's been the best belt I've ever owned. It adjusts every quarter of an inch, giving me the perfect fit every time. You've got to get you one of these. Like Fling Golf, Mission Belt was featured on Shark Tank and I love that connection. And I love the fit, the look, and the ease of using the belt. Mission Belt. Fits perfectly, fights poverty. And now back to the future of the Fairway Podcast. Um, do you think that the uh, the pandemic has given like a, a a false buffer for a lot of courses, or did it revitalize something? You know, there's a lot of, you know, in the I, I was reading stuff through the, you know, early 2000s, 2010s that, you know, there's so many golf courses that are uh, possibly going under, or they're you know they're missing out on uh, younger demographics that may not have the golfers to sustain all the clubs or along with that, does Florida have a bit of a, um, of its own buffer because of the weather that, uh, it makes it a little bit of a different proposition to, to be sustainable, um, going into the future. Um, yeah, the weather definitely does come into play. Uh, the other thing is in this area, there are golf courses, just almost every corner. Um, mm -hmm. you're, you're never probably more than 10 minutes from some type of golf course, whether it's private, public mix, um, so that's the other thing you have to contend with. And then, like I said, during season, it's crowded. It's extremely crowded. So typically mm -hmm. what our golf season is like down here prior to COVID is the snowbirds, Canadians, everyone comes, starts coming down here around Thanksgiving mm -hmm. uh, for a couple of weeks. They may go home and then they'll come back from January till usually around Easter. Mm -hmm. So when COVID hit, that kind of stopped. Um, before COVID, most locals, did not play golf. Oh, okay. You know, to go from, you know, maybe playing in May or, you know, August or September, a four-hour round, sometimes less of just a little bit over to a five, five and a half, sometimes six-hour round. Locals just, mm. they're not feeling that. They don't want to. And then the rates are, you know, double, yeah. um, not sometimes triple what they would play, pay the rest of the year. So once COVID hit, that changed. Because the snowbirds weren't down here, Canadians weren't down here. Mm -hmm. They just they just weren't down here. So locals started playing again, and that was the only outlet they really had as far as sports goes. One is right. outside; it's relatively safe. Um, you just you and maybe one person in a cart. Mm -hmm. So you know, dividers came up in between the two. There's just so <laughs> many different solutions to right, the right. whole COVID thing and playing mask and all that. So. The one bad thing about that is the golf courses nonstop for almost a year and a half had continuous play. So 
the courses weren't able to put a lot of work into it and mm -hmm. keep the courses, mm -hmm. you know, like they did the prior years. So they made a lot of money. Yes, the courses somewhat took a beating and it's now trying to okay. recover. And as we're coming out of this side of COVID, it's kind of gotten back to the way it was pre-COVID. But with that, what happens is rates are back to increasing again. Mm -hmm. And you have a lot of Northerners that moved down here during COVID or towards the tail end of COVID because their states locked them completely, mm -hmm. just locked them up. Yeah. Now, you know, Florida was pretty much open for most of COVID. Right, right. So they're like, uh, I got grandkids. I visit Florida all the time. So I'm selling my house in New <laughs> yep. York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and we're going south and we're going to stay. Right. So that's what happened. Uh, so there is a, somewhat of a false sense of um, stability there in some ways. But uh, with golf, it's cycles. It's just like anything mm -hmm. else, you know, economy-wise, uh, pandemic-wise. Uh, I do think it's sustainable as far as golf courses are concerned, having a number of players and making a living. Now, with that also, you have to look at the real estate side. We're almost back to where mm -hmm. we were 12 years ago, where developers are looking at golf courses and golf courses are looking and say, uh, I'm spending X millions of dollars a year upkeep, but I could sell this at a pretty penny and just have a developer come in and build, you know, half a million dollar homes all day, mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. So that is kind of that give and take. Yeah, that's that mm -hmm. kind of give and take. But uh, long term, I think with the growth of, of fling golf um, as a standalone sport, mm -hmm. but also as an introduction and a pathway to um, either hybrid of golf or traditional golf, especially on an earlier age, I think will help the sport, especially in an area such as, you know, it's Florida. Mm -hmm. When you look at some of the guys like Ken out in Colorado, I feel bad for them because it's, you know, it's winter there and he's like putting inside the house. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> right. you gotta get out. <laughs> yeah. You gotta get out. But I've, I've seen some creative ways for guys, you know, uh, further north already beginning to figure out how they can practice and do things indoors. So that's mm -hmm. kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's um. Uh, I I went out a couple of weekends ago and um, uh, was with my son. We were we were playing, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm good." I'd taken a bit of a break after the uh, Virginia uh, tournament, and mm -hmm. so getting about 15, 20 yards longer in my throws. Like this break's been good okay. for me. Well, I get to I don't know the the first par three and left a little divot. I went in to repair it. I'm and in like two millimeters. I was like, "Oh yeah." The ground's hard, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> you haven't improved that much. Through, yeah, it was frozen go. last week, so you can <laughs> a lot more roll than you did in the summer months. <laughs> That's funny. So uh, maybe it's a combination, of, a little bit of both. But um, yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure it's it is sometimes good to take a break, right? You know, right. Uh, any sport that you play, I think sometimes you just need a break to regroup. Yeah. Um, and well, you I were mentioning seen... playing multiple sports too. I mm -hmm. think that that's also healthy to not just, uh, especially at a young age, just to focus on one um, and not do other stuff. Your body needs that different oh, types yeah. of motions and uh, recovery. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when, when you look at some of the great athletes, um, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, you see a lot of the really good ones, they played multiple sports and they mm -hmm. was good or passable in every sport that they played. And then right, they chose to, right. to pick one. Um, Aaron Judge, Yankees, awesome. You know, yeah, he yeah. played multiple sports and was was good in all of them. Mm -hmm. So it's just getting juniors involved in something, letting them play as many different types of sports, and just letting them find what interests them and what holds their interest. And it may change. You know, one year it's one thing, and next year it might be something else, um, which is perfectly fine. But once mm -hmm. they do find mm -hmm. a sport to settle on. Um, hopefully it's going to be golf or fling golf or something along those lines. Yeah, um, yeah. They'll, they'll get really good at it. So talking to the juniors here, we're talking about, uh, you know, world rankings. I'm like, we don't even have that set for juniors yet, but we're looking to do a junior tournament down here. I'm like, awesome. if you win, guess what? You'll be the world champion. And they're, like, <laughs> they're like, I'll be what? I'll be like, you'll be the number one world junior champion for fling golf in the world. And That's like, right. That's right. Oh. Oh, okay. What motivates them? <laughs> practice. That's right. That's right. Hey, I want. I had uh, had a question earlier that um, mm -hmm. uh, I had around putting. Um, when you're watching juniors, what 
what age do you think that they start really getting that good feel or does that, is that number of years from starting or the coordination kick in a little bit better around 13 or 14 or uh, what have you seen? Um, traditional golf, as far as coordination, when it comes to putting is probably again, maybe 10, 11, 12. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't focus so much on touch or feel with them. I, I really do focus more on technique. And mm -hmm. if they have a feel or a touch or something they feel that they can duplicate, if that's the word that they choose to use, that's okay. perfectly fine. Um, but again, those those fine motor skills and just understanding how far back you take your putter versus how far forward you take it and complete that swing is really mm -hmm. kind of the most important thing. I am a um, club-focused instructor, so we focus more on the club itself. So I flip that with the fling stick. It's the same thing. You know, the golf swing is a circle. When you throw a fling, when you fling a fling stick, it's a circular motion. It's not a perfect circle. It's not a complete circle, but it is a circular motion. You are the center of that circle. So try to keep yourself centered as much as possible mm -hmm. and swing towards mm -hmm. your target. So them understanding that uh, at any age really does help. Again, my, my body, my swing is different than yours. Uh, everyone's a little bit mm -hmm. different. We mm -hmm. all have abilities that we're able to do and some things that we're not able to do. So we focus on the one thing that stays true, the fling stick, the putter, the golf club. Mm -hmm. That stays true throughout 18 holes, nine holes practice or whatever. So let's focus on that more than anything else. So for them to understand, you know, kind of a half swing, how far does the ball go? Um, if you fling it sidearm, how far does it go? Can you duplicate that motion and that swing and that to get certain distance. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing when we, we practice putting. Um, I use rulers a lot. So okay. if they know that they move the cutter, the putter back maybe six inches back and six to eight forward, how far is that ball going to roll consistently? So those kind of motions is things that if they can kind of repeat over and over again, they'll show some, some mm -hmm. pretty decent success. Mm -hmm. But I start that early, but once they get to 10, 11, 12, it's really kind of where it kicks in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. I'm, I'm guessing there's a bunch of folks that are like pausing, rewinding and taking some notes. All right. But, <laughs> uh, I know I'm going to go back and listen to that. I, um, that's a, that's really, really cool insights and, uh, and helpful too. Cause I think that there's a, a, a lot of folks right now playing uh, fling that are um, in, in the tournaments. Uh, you know, I think, I think Austin's the only pro uh, golf pro that is um, mm -hmm. that's done that um, and gone through some of those, those golf pieces. I think right. other, other folks have played golf, but had a, an experience where it's like, that's not for me. Um, right. And then finding something that gets you out on the course, but uh, keeps you on the fairway uh, has been, has been nice. So uh, some of these other, uh, some insights like that are really, really cool and uh, really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, you know, golf is a great sport. Uh, it's mm -hmm. uh, any age, you know, when I first started playing, I was amazed that, when I played with, um, we played member with the members and the league, I got paired up with guys that were 70, 80, 90 years old. And I'm looking at them like, yeah, I'm the youngest guy in the sport. So I'm by like 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, in my 40s. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this is not going to end well. <laughs> you know? And, and we, we'd win every once in a while and be in the money. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay, okay. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's funny because I played with plenty of guys, 70s, 80s, and even a few guys in their 90s. It's like, it didn't matter which club they used. The ball mm -hmm. went all the same distance. It was like, everything's like 130 <laughs> or 150 yards. And I look at it like, I get my pitching wedge 150. But they're always in the fairway. So it was right. kind of cool because they're in the dead center of the fairway. I got three drives. It's all in the middle. They're probably between... 130 and like 175 and then i just get up and i just bomb something down you know as far as i can and they're like that's why we have you I'm like, okay <laughs> <laughs> okay but it's kind of the same thing with playing so i mean find what your consistent distance is mm -hmm. off the tee, mm -hmm. and just build around that so then you have to kind of decide if you need a high shot going into the green or something that's just going to run low and just kind of roll up onto the greens kind of the same way i played golf so understanding different techniques um i still struggle with those shots within like 
60 to maybe like 110 yards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just the no. cold trajectory. And mm-hmm. the one good thing about Florida is it's pretty flat here. Okay. So don't have yeah. a lot of holes, even though one of the local courses I do, probably most Hillies courses I play regularly. Um, I'll be out playing and they'll be like, you just kind of threw that like you hit a stinger. I'm like, yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to let it run over the hill and through the woods to grandma's house. We go. <laughs> so the, you, you really do need to practice those, uh, those closer shots within, within a hundred yards, because it's just like regular golf. Uh, if you end up short of the green, you need to figure out what type of shot you need to get on the green where you either play in the middle of the green, front of the green, the back of the green. So your putting is that isn't that much of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of times I do play short of the green. And as long as I'm within 10, 15 yards of the, off the fringe, then I'm kind of okay. I can kind of figure it out around. Yeah, so I yeah. might not get the Reggie, but I'm in a good position versus rolling through the green. So it's, it's gotta be right. tactical, strategic, mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. regular golf. Yeah, it's just, sometimes it's just what you got to do. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's been a lot of fun. Uh, is you know, there's like a competition against other people, but it's it's you against the course in a lot of ways, oh, or you against yourself, always. right? And that's always that's one of the things that's uh, you know keeps keeps you coming back. That's why people are playing in their nineties, right? Yeah, no, that, that to me that was amazing. You know, just to be able to because growing up, like I couldn't play, I wouldn't even imagine playing soccer or stickball. Or anything in my 70s, even my 60s. Right. Like I've got plays 90s. So I'm always explaining to especially the juniors, this is a sport for life. Mm-hmm. You could play this into your 90s. And they're like, Well, I play football. Are you gonna play football in your 90s? They're like, No, I'm gonna break a hip. I'm like, exactly. Yeah, you can play golf. Playing golf may be a little more, you know, tougher on the body. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, take your grandkids out and have a good time when you're 90. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, probably great grandkids as well. <laughs> probably so probably teach, so. teach them the sport yeah. well joe this has been great I, I really appreciate your time um especially as you're getting right into uh to the busy season uh, yeah for you yeah. so um uh thanks so much uh keep up what you're doing and uh where where's the best place to follow you on social media or, or get um, in touch coach with lefty coach lefty golf.com uh great. my website uh same thing on instagram um facebook so uh yeah coach lefty that's what they call me but right. as you'll see a lot of times you'll see me doing things right-handed <laughs> <laughs> which is funny which is funny but well, we'll get, uh, we'll, get those, we'll get those shared in the uh episode description and uh and definitely keep an eye out for uh any of uh those tournaments uh that may be down in florida yeah absolutely all right well uh again thanks so much and uh hope you have a great day Welcome back to the Future of the Fairway podcast with your host, Adam Copeland. Thanks again for tuning in this week. And thank you so much for sharing this podcast uh, as you've done. Um, As you may have seen uh, this past week, we had some really exciting um, news come out uh, from Spotify with uh, Spotify Wrapped. And uh, Future of the Fairway podcast is a top 25% most shared podcast globally. Uh, which I am thrilled uh, and mostly thrilled because that is a reflection of you, the great listeners uh, to this podcast. Um, another great, a uh, couple of stats that came out that um, that I've picked up as well is that um, 56% of the listeners are following this podcast, which puts it in the top 30% of most followed podcasts, which is really cool. Um, and there was more content created uh, on Future of the Fairway podcast than 61% of other sports podcasts um, this past year. So uh, really cool start. Um, we uh, we had a great front nine. We are on episode 15. Uh, so we're closing out the back nine for this calendar year. And uh, I'm really excited to share my interview with Joe Girard uh, today. Uh, Joe is a uh, a golf instructor uh, based in Florida. He's a fling golf ambassador. Uh, he is a great person to talk to and is doing some really cool things for the sport of golf and for the sport of fling golf. Um, really, really had a, such a fun time talking with Joe. And I think that you're going to learn a lot um, from this interview with him. 
Uh, you're going to want to go and follow him on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter uh, and get his tips and, and also probably try to find your way down to Florida to play around or fling golf with him. Um, it's, uh, it's really a lot of fun to, um, uh, to have gotten to meet uh, Joe and sp- speak with him. So without further ado, here is episode 15 with Joe Girard.